0: Do not listen to the siren song of guaranteed interest rates. In the financial world, there's an age-old debate that is constantly raging about long-term investing versus short-term investing, guaranteed returns versus variable or risky returns. Right? And the promise of secure gains for many tempts them into forsaking the great and awesome wealth-building potential of certain investing for the short-term guarantees that they want, right? They, they just cannot see themselves uh, foregoing a short investing to them. They can't see themselves ever taking a step back. They don't ever want to lose any money. And so they go for the guarantees instead of some other options. So what I wanna to talk today a little bit about is just, again, this siren song, this tempting call of guaranteed interest rates and how we should think about those in this current time. Right. And so there's, you know, there's a tempting nature to short-term returns, right? That, that when you see those, especially now when they're actually good and you see the interest rates on CDs or money market accounts or whatever else, they, there's something that tempts you into wanting to get those. And, and it's just a, a fact of life, right? But there's two problems, right? There's limited growth. Like, y- yes, you do get whatever the rate that they're telling you you will get, but that's all you get. And there's no potential for anything else, right? And this is the second one, there's that you have some missed opportunities, right? And especially if you were putting your money into CDs or annuities or other things that lock your money down, then it may still be locked there when the opportunity for something much greater comes along. And so you don't want to lock yourself into these rates and so for miss some of the other things that can be out there. Right so long term you know that we you know invest for the long term as podcasts we are very long term oriented one of the greatest indicators of overall success for people is what is your the, the term of your orientation right are you a short term oriented person or long term oriented person those who can who can delay gratification and and keep their attention focused on the long term are by and large much more successful than those who live for now who live for today Right, and so we want to be long-term investors and always be focused on, hey, how do we maximize our money over the longest period of time? Right. And there's, of course, there's a higher growth potential. If you're investing in the greatest businesses in the world, right, there's a much higher growth potential long-term to be co-owners of these great businesses and to invest in these, in stocks and equities than there are in taking short-term returns, right? And if you're trying to build wealth, if you're trying to accumulate wealth, we know that as long-term investors, we should be invested in equities, right? We should be co-owners of the best business in the world and not going after short-term interest rates. But what about just for the short term, right? What about just in the meantime? We know that like long-term and yeah, maybe we have a bunch, you know, we didn't pull necessarily all of our money out of the market. We still have all of our, our retirements still in equities and whatnot, but what about the short term, right? What if we have a chunk of money that's come to us? Where do we put that? Do we, do we put that in, in these short-term interest rates to to capitalize on 5% plus, or do we invest that for the long-term, right? What if, what if we're somewhere in the middle, right? We, of course, and we'll always be advocates, of having all your short-term stuff in short-term vehicles, right? If you need money in the next year or two, that's always a good place to have that is in emergency fund type things, and money markets, you know, uh, those types of things, right? And so we're not talking about the money that we know we're going to need in the short term. And we're probably not also talking about the money that you have, you know, that we know is for 10, 20, 30 years out. And so you've got that invested away. What about that in-between money? What about the money that maybe maybe you got a $10,000 gift or an inheritance or a bonus at work and you're trying to invest that for someone? You don't necessarily want to throw it out for long term, but you want to, you know, hey, how do I make the most amount of money in the next two, three, four years? Where should we put that? Should we listen to the siren song and invest it in short-term guarantees or should we take a risk? Right, and so let's look at 2023 as a, as a case study right? The, the value of the S&P 500, the, the collection of the 500 largest US companies that can be co-owned peaked at the end of 2021, right? Right about 4,800. And then we had 2022, Right. and as you guys remember right we had uh, you know Russia invaded Ukraine and that you know we had then we had rising interest rates right and the only way to kill a cancer that is inflation is to to ri- to raise interest rates right it's the best chemotherapy against inflation that we know and so we did that and it worked it brought down inflation which is great but then we had really high interest rates um and they, you know it's been the highest they've been in a long time and because of that you can now get fixed income at rates you could never get before, right? we can, can you can routinely see CDs and money markets for five, five and a quarter, five point four percent, and we haven't seen these these numbers over five percent in a very long time. And so, you know, the Fed consistently raised interest rates from about spring of 2022 through the fall of 2023, and they only have recently uh, eased back on that. They haven't gone down at all, but they stopped increasing every time they met. And so, we've got these great interest rates now. And it's very tempting to say, oh man, if I throw money in there, I can get 5%. Like, man, I haven't gotten 5% in a CD in a long time. I haven't gotten 5% in a money market in a long time. And it can be tempting to throw money into these vehicles, right? And so far too many people are getting seduced by this 5% guaranteed rate, right? And again, we're not talking about short-term money. We're not talking about stuff that you have earmarked over the next six, uh, 12, 18 months, right? You're, we're not talking about your emergency fund. If you know you have your daughter's wedding. In 18 months, and you know you need that money for then, then, right, this, that's a great place to put that because we know it will be there. But what about, again, these people that are m- more years out long term? And some people are actually pulling their money out of long term investments to try to capitalize on these short term rates, or they're getting new money and they're still putting them in there instead of doing something else. So let's just think this through a little bit, right? What is the best place to build wealth? Even over the next few years, even if we're just talking three, four years, wh- what's the best place? to invest it. Is these guarantees, these 5% CDs, is this the best place? And if you think so, then consider this, right? As I'm writing this, uh, which is a few weeks before that will actually air, the value of the S&P 500 is about 13% down from its all-time high. That means it will take a 15% gain to recover. How's that? How does it take a 15% gain to recover from a 13% loss? Well, we covered this way back in episode 67, uh, which is already over a year ago. But you can go back and listen to that if you want, but it's a quick refresher, right? If, if you have hundred bucks and it declines by 13% in value, you now have $87, right? hundred minus 13 equals 87. And then if you get 13% back, that's actually only $11, leaving you with 98. Because 13% of 87 is only $11, and therefore you need a 15% recovery. 15% of 87 is now that same 13 just to get back to hundred bucks. So if you have 13% down, you need 15% to get back up to where you were before. I and mean, people often lament this, right? And, and we talked about it, you know, last year that, you know, it takes a 25% gain to make up for a 20% decline. It takes a 33% gain to make up for a 25% decline. And if it's declining 30%, you have to get a 43% gain just to make that back up. Right? So you can often lament this when you're at the top, you're like, oh man, you know, if it goes down, we have to come back so far just to get back to even. But once you've already experienced the decline, it's nothing but upside. Right now that we're already 13% down, it's actually great that it's not just 13% to recovery, but that it's actually 15% to get back to recovery. That's a 2% extra. It's a bonus. Right. And so, you know, when, not if right? When the values of the best businesses in the world, the S&P 500, when they come back and get back to 4,800, those who are co-owners will see a 15% increase in the value of their shares, right? It's not 13% up, it's 15% to get back up. So if you invest in 5% CDs, it will take you three years to earn 15%, right? 5% a year, three years, 15%. So you would only choose this then if you believe that would take the S&P 500 three years or longer to get to recover, right? If if we know that the S&P 500 will recover 15% when it recovers, then if you were choosing 5% per year, that means you think the S&P 500 will take at least three years to recover. Will it take that long? Who knows, right? I don't know. And neither does anybody else. Uh, the longest bear market that we had was the Great Financial Crisis, right? And excluding the Great Depression, you know, in living memory, for people who are alive today, the largest bear market we've had was the Global Financial Crisis, or the Great Recession, right? And that was from 2007 to 2012. It was about five years from peak to trough, back to previous to, to full recovery, um, you know, a little bit less if you reinvest dividends. So about five years, right? We're currently two years into this thing. And so here's the question, right? Do we think that this current crisis is as bad as the global financial crisis of that 2008, 2009 era? Do we think it's as bad now as it was then? If you think that, then you either watch too much news, or you don't get my quarterly economic update, uh, either by magazine or by email, or both. Right, things are not as I don't. They could they could get worse, right? They could get that bad. But as of right now, things are not nearly as bad as they were in 2000, 2007, seven, two thousand eight, when the market was declining. That's why we didn't go down fifty percent. And you know, again, we still could. Right, this still could turn out to be the mother of all bear markets. But at least in the meantime, things do not look as bad as they did then. So if you believe that five percent CDs are a better investment over the next three years, then you think that right now is as bad as the global financial crisis from a length of recovery standpoint. That's what you believe. That's what you are saying you believe by your choices. So you might say, but Freeman, interest compounds. So a 5.25% CD compounded over three years will actually be more than 15%. And indeed, you are correct. It would actually be about 17%. But here's the thing, right? The best businesses in the world also pay dividends. And the S&P 500 pays one5 to 2% in dividends each year. And so you would need to add 1.5% to 2% to your annual return if you chose to invest in equities instead of in CDs. And so if it does take, let's say it does actually take three years for the S&P 500 to return, right? Three years for it to come back up 15%, about 5% per year. Right? Well you still need to tack on an extra one and a half to two percent onto each of those three years. So you got to tack on an extra four to six percent. That means at the end of three years, you're not just going to have a 15 percent recovery, you're going to have a 19 to 21 percent increase in the value of your shares. right So again, you can invest in those CDs and yes, it will compound and you would get 17 percent over the next three years. but even if it took three years for the P D500 to recover, you'd be at 19 to 21 still a better investment, right? And of course, there's a chance that the, re- that the market will recover faster. Maybe the S&P 500 will recover in two years, right? And if that's the case, then 15% split in two, that's 7.5% on average per year that it would recover. Plus again, that one5 to 2% uh, in, in dividends means you're looking at a nine, nine plus percent annual return. So 9% annual return in the S&P 500 versus a 5% annual return in CDS. And of course, there's always a chance that it recovers in 12 months, right? And then again, you would be choosing a 5.25% CD versus a 15% annual price increase plus dividends would give you 16% plus in annual return. 16% versus again, 5%. All Right? so you can, if you want, you can listen to the siren song of guarantees, right? And you can say, hey, I, I want this guaranteed 5%, this guaranteed quarter percent or you can be co-owners of the best businesses in the world, right? You can, you can buy into these businesses and let them recover for you, right? And, and, and yes, maybe it takes three years. Maybe this bear market is as long as the great financial crisis, right? And, and in that case, you would get, you know, right in that four or five and a half or six and a half to 7% annual rate of return over that time which would still be better than CDs. In fact, it would have to, be, have to take a lot longer than three years for it to be worse than investing in a CD. And if it recovered in, in two years, then you would get, again, a 9% return, and if it recovered in one year, you would get a 17% return with dividends. And so here's the deal, right? You can choose a guaranteed 5% over the next annual return over the next three years, or you can choose anywhere from a 5 to 21% return over the next three years. It's your choice. So while the temptation of guaranteed returns is very alluring to many, it's often a much better choice to invest in a long-term focus, knowing that even in the short term, it may be better. And this doesn't always apply, right? This is a more localized podcast. This probably won't. You. This might not. This might be bad advice a couple of years from now when you're talking at a market peak instead of when the market's down. But the principles still apply. So make sure that you talk with your fee-only fiduciary certified financial planner about where you should invest your money, right? You don't take investment advice from someone in a podcast, but it's just some food for thought. Are the guaranteed returns really worth it or are we going to be much better off by taking a chance that we can do better? Hope that's helpful. We'll see you next week. Cheers. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership, and there's a host of benefits, all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, Three D Retirement Income, on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free. Provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those flowcharts to help you make better decisions and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time.